I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose, and I'm back with you today after a pretty long hiatus from the show and from my website, Summer Tomato. For those of you who don't follow or aren't subscribed to my newsletter at Summer Tomato and don't know yet, um, I actually lost my father this summer unexpectedly. And it it was really tough for me. Uh, My father and I were very, very close and he was my last living parent. I lost my mother when I was 23. And as you can imagine, it was just completely devastating. And so I just decided to take most of the summer off. I took a couple of months off to myself, uh, did some traveling, spent some time with my family, and just took care of my heart and soul for a while so that, um, you know, because I don't, I don't want to give half of myself here and, and not be in it. You know, not, it's not fun for me. It's not fun for you. So I just stopped. And, um, you know, I'm feeling much better now. Uh, it, w- it was really, really helpful. I'm glad I did it. But I found out, I actually, I really... I woke up this morning and I really missed you guys. You know, I, I missed the show and I miss writing. And so I am back. So just if, if for any of you who were worried or sad that maybe the show was over or that I wasn't going to do it anymore, that's not true. Uh, I'm I'm here. I'm back. I just needed a little break and and I'm ready. So thank you for tuning in today. And I look forward to putting out a bunch of shows moving forward. I actually, I had recorded quite a few shows before all this happened um, and I had just not edited them. So I have some help now. I've got somebody helping me with editing. So hopefully we can like get back on track and get right into it. Today's episode is uh, exciting. It's really fun. Um, I'm speaking with Julie and Julie had a really interesting problem because in in a lot of ways, she's actually a success story. So she had read Foodist, my book, a while ago, had adopted all sorts of wonderful habits, cooking healthy food regularly, for the most part, um, really overhauled her palate. She loves vegetables and healthy foods and had a really good thing going on. But in very, very specific situations, like very specific. Like, um, like she could, for instance, she could go to a restaurant and completely know what she was going to order ahead of time, like eat the right amount of food, not feel full, feel completely satisfied and was doing great in situations like that. But when she would go to dinner parties at her friend's house, which she actually does pretty often, um, she would just lose control and eat everything in sight. And there was no stop button, even if she wasn't hungry. And, you know, it, it, I, when I first started talking to her, I was wondering if this was actually a real problem because, you know, it sounded like she had a lot of her life under control. But, you know, she expressed that for her, it actually was because she, it, it bothered her that she didn't know why she was doing this. And, and, and she wasn't enjoying it. She would feel, feel, you know, sick and uncomfortable afterwards. And she just wanted to get to the bottom of it, which I admire because that's a very honest way of approaching your feelings. You know, it's, you could you could approach that situation in a lot of ways. You could ignore it, but if it's really bothering her, you know, there's no there's no reason not to address it. And I'm so glad she she did. I'm so glad she reached out to me because we actually uncovered a really fascinating trigger that she had that was 
spurring this behavior. And it wasn't necessarily bad, but it clearly was no longer serving her anymore at this stage in her life. And so once we figured out what it was, uh, she just, she was so excited because it just shed light on this whole situation that was, that was really making her unhappy. And then we came up with a, a solution on how to tackle it. So I, I hope you like it because it's, you know, it's, it's a great example of how like funky our psychology can be with our, like these strange, super specific triggers that can just cause us to do just baffling things that aren't necessarily helpful. And you can see in the show how, how to find something like that and then how to go about reprogramming and troubleshooting so that it's no longer um, something in your life that you, you don't think serves you. I hope you enjoyed Julie's story and welcome back to the show. Hey, Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Daria. I'm really excited to be here. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on what you're struggling with? Yeah, okay. So I guess what I'm struggling with is sort of having quote unquote control over what I'm eating. And it really only happens at very, very specific times. So I end up doing about 90% of my own cooking. Wow. Yeah, I work at home. And so I have a lot of flexibility in my schedule to make sure that I can actually take care of my nutrition. Um, I'm married. And so I feed my husband all the time, too. He eats anything that I cook. Uh, So it's a really wonderful scenario when I'm at home Mm -hmm. and I can have the control over what we're eating. And I'm even not too bad at restaurants. I'm generally good at looking at a menu in advance and kind of making a decision about what I'm going to eat in a time when I'm not sitting in the restaurant starving um, and drooling over the bread bowl. So I can (laughs) sort of decide what I'm going to eat and then be excited about that going out. So that's great too. But where I find that I'm sort of losing control is typically when I'm eating at someone else's house. And I'm in that phase of life where house parties are queen and like we do it every weekend and when I get to someone else's house it almost doesn't matter what they've cooked like any of my good reasoning just goes out the window and I just like I'll kind of gorge myself I just eat anything that they've made and it doesn't even seem to matter if I really want it or not. Like sometimes they make something that I get really super excited about. And so then obviously it's understandable that I'll sort of overeat or overindulge in something. But what I'm finding is that it's just the fact that it's in front of me Hmm. that makes me sort of attack. Like, and that's almost a good word for it because it feels very out of control. I I don't feel like I'm in control of what I'm eating. And it's caused me to just feel really angry um, and guilty because I've been, I've been making a lot of efforts to make sure that, you know, I'm following the foodist lifestyle. I, I read your book a while ago and really connected with it. And I've been, I think, doing a really good job of implementing a lot of a lot of the methods that you talk about with, you know, um, mindful eating and, and cooking, like I'm, I'm a rock star on cooking. <laughs> so then when I go off the deep end and kind of like have these crazy weekends, it just makes me feel really frustrated and I'll almost, 
this sounds really silly, but I'll almost start feeling mad at the host <laughs> for like putting so much in front of me, even though it's not their fault. You're like, it's, it's my choice to eat it. But yeah, so I, I'm sure that this falls somewhat under the realm of like wanting to people please and wanting people to feel like, like what they've, the effort that they've put into cooking matters, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's appreciated. And then I'm also, and then I'm sort of not sure what else it is. Like it, maybe it's a, maybe it is just a lack of feeling of a lack of control or maybe it like I feel like I have absolutely zero willpower around mm-hmm. food which I know that you shouldn't rely on but I feel like I should have some you right, know right, right. and then or maybe it's just like I'm stuck in still the diet mentality where I'm like an all or nothing sort of thing so you've thought about this a lot I've thought about it way too much actually. It's uh it's kind of tormenting me. And I've also thought, well, you know, this is just a weekend thing. Just let it go and let it happen. But it's obviously bothering me too much to just let it go and it'll crop up in other little places. So like I don't keep junk food in the house, but if there happens to be junk food in the house, like I devour it, you know. And so it just makes me feel very, very out of control. And mm-hmm. I want to dig into where this is coming from. Yeah, I bet there's some confusion in there for you as well. Because you have, it's like on one hand, like you're crushing it. Like you have so right. many of the home court habits, like that people would be like, how do you do that? That's so amazing that you can like cook 90% of your meals at home and you even have control at restaurants and you've got it all down. In a lot of ways, you're getting this feedback from yourself and your own behavior yes. that's like, you got this, you got this. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and there's definitely a little voice in my head that says, you don't have this, you know, and like, you're sure. really failing. Like, I, that's, I think I'm almost equating this behavior with failure. And that's what really then makes me feel angry and guilty. Yeah. So you have t- almost two separate issues. Like, one is, you don't know why you're doing this and you haven't been able to figure it out and it's and it's making you uncomfortable both physically but um but then also on top of it you have this guilt around it and this sense of curiosity i almost feel like or or, or fear that it's a sign of some flaw or yes. like deep personal weakness that terrifies you to some level mm mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I I hear you saying things like, you know, you should be able to eat what you want to eat. And I feel like for the most part, I'm doing that. But I, it makes me wonder, too, if it's like maybe I am still re- too restrictive in my day-to-day life. And then I get to this place where I have this bounty of food and it's just like, mm. <laughs> it's go time. I, I'm You're not, not sure, though. No, exactly. And so I'll just share a little bit more of my background to maybe shed some light. So I grew up totally on like craft peanut butter and Wonder Bread. Um, I think I had a peanut butter sandwich every day while I was going through elementary school, craft dinner, like like super just basic American processed food. Yeah, junky, like, yeah, like the plastic cheese slices. You know, these were like staples in my, in my household. And eight years ago, I moved to Montreal and it was like my food world just exploded. Mm. It, it was incredible. I mean, 
eight or nine years ago, I was still eating like that. You know, I was still eating really overly processed foods, prepackaged dinners, all that stuff. And then I came to Montreal and the food here is just so incredible. And now I say to people, like, I used to be really a really picky eater because I <laughs> I only liked super bland, over-processed things. Mm-hmm. But now I eat everything. And I almost pride myself on that, you know, and it's like, oh, like, I eat everything. Like, I just love food. But I don't... I, I love that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, I love... I love escargot and I love like oysters and I love you know salmon tartare but I love chips and I love peanut butter still to this day and and I love pizza you know like I just kind of like everything so I was hoping that when my tastes changed and and opened up to these new food groups that they would sort of say oh I no longer need gummy bears in my life <laughs> right, you right, know right. But it didn't. Like, I just now I can eat everything. And so maybe because I'm not exposed to that kind of processed food anymore, because I do all of my own cooking, when it's around, I'm just like going to town. Is there like a nostalgia element for you at all? Possibly. Like, do you, are, do, are you like eat like craft singles and you're like, man, this is like good? <laughs> no, actually, that's, that's <laughs> one of the items that I've been able to totally get away from. I'd say there's definitely nostalgia attached when I go home to visit my family. Like, my family lives in the Maritimes. And um, when I go there, like, yeah, I totally eat things that I never eat in Montreal. But I have made myself, a, you know, a craft singles. Wonder Bread grilled cheese sandwich is like what we used to have every Sunday. And I thought it was the most disgusting thing in the world. Interesting. There are there are small glimmers of hope here that I might be evolving past, you know, junk food. And how long ago, remind me, how long ago did you move to Montreal? I moved here eight years ago. Eight years ago. And 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 has your food preference evolution just happened slowly over that time or did it happen at the beginning and it's just exploded or no very slowly okay um like when I moved here I didn't I didn't like sushi I didn't eat sushi and now I could you know eat it I I love sushi but it took multiple trips you know to nice sushi restaurants and me trying little bits to sort of develop the taste yeah so you're on a culinary expanding journey. <laughs> yes. And you haven't quite shut the door on your past preferences. And exactly. That's that's cool. That's fine. <laughs> Except it is totally fine, by the way. Like you're not like less of a foodist if you like gummy bears or something like that. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> and there's room for that stuff. Uh, but you have this other problem where you Go to friend. This is very specific. Um, <laughs> you go to friends' houses and and overeat. Yeah, we didn't. You didn't actually explicitly say this, but do your friends serve less healthy food than you eat at home? Yes, I mean typically yes. I mean most most of my friends do as well. So I just I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, that and it, and it's a weekend, so I'm sure that that's also like in their mind too. It's a time to sort of splurge a little bit as of well. Of course, of course, right. So you're in this sort of more indulgent situation and you find that all the good habits that you've been cultivating over the last couple of years are just like out the window. Totally. And you don't know why. And it does not depend on hunger. Like, let me also say that 
I've tested this theory because I thought maybe I'm just overly hungry. And so I'm going to town, right? And so I'll eat before going out in hopes that that way I'll eat less. But it doesn't seem to really rely on that. It's like if there's food that's put in front of my nose, I'm going to eat it. That's actually a really good experiment, though. I'm glad you did that. Um, that's it's a really good approach. And what you can do from that experiment is not you you basically eliminated the possibility that it's hunger related that you're not eating enough during the day, which is also another way of saying you're testing the hypothesis that you're restricting too much, at least in terms of calories or just straight energy density. So we can rule those out as the reasons behind this, which is good. Yes, very good. And you you mentioned, I'm just going to run through, I'm just going to yeah. run through the tests I would do, you know. Um, you mentioned that you practice mindful eating. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Admittedly, sometimes this is better than others. But for the most part, meals are eaten at the table. My husband and I eat together. So it's really nice. And we've developed a pretty good habit of, especially for dinner, like turning off of our phones and sitting at the table and having a meal together. That's lovely. Good for you. Really fantastic. I would say my afternoon snack is much less mindful. It's usually like I'm sitting at my computer or something like that. But in general, I've been practicing a lot of the techniques that you that you talk about, like you know, putting your fork down in between bites. And I think I really have made a lot of progress on not stuffing myself. Like I used to just eat and eat and eat and eat. And when I was like painfully full, that was the sign to stop. And I've really curbed that habit. I think I've really figured out that I don't, I don't need to go that far. And I can, I have a better sense of when I'm satisfied. And so I can stop. So you know how to listen to your body. Yes. When I'm at home in my controlled environment. <laughs> right. When you're not somehow triggered to turn into the cookie monster. Exactly. That's the image that I have in my head. It's just like, <laughs> nom, 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 like stuffing my face. And actually, I noticed too that like when I'm in that environment, I'll eat faster too. And like someone told me, um, a nutritionist, they, they told me that, okay, if you serve yourself the portion that you want to eat and eat slowly so that your food lasts longer than other people, then you'll be less likely to go back and eat more because your plate is empty and others are still eating. And I've, I've mentally noticed that I am eating faster when I'm in the group because maybe it's because it's different food. I'm not totally sure why. And I'm not good at stopping myself from going back for more. Like I've mentally made note of this and, so, and thought to myself. Have you tried to slow down at these dinners? Yes. Like usually when I think of that, I think, okay, slow down. I'm working on that. <laughs> you have not been successful yet. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, I don't know, 30% or something. That habit hasn't been fully formed, let's say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds to me like there's something triggering you. Hmm. Like there's some sort of something that's in that's happening in this environment that is making you sort of feel scarcity. Okay, I just thought of something just by you saying that. One of the things that we used to do all of the time when I was a kid and we were growing up was we would have these like movie nights where we would just go to the store and buy like you know by the time we had little part-time babysitting jobs or whatever we would buy 
all of our own junk food. I have two sisters and we would like sit and just go crazy with junk food and watch a movie. And it was like the greatest thing ever. And I, all of a sudden I just wondered if I'm kind of linking going out and being with friends as this like really fun thing. That's how you treat junk food. And I'm like, that's how you treat treats. Yeah. Okay. I need to like, oh my goodness, we're going to go and have a lot of fun and fun equals eating a lot of food. But when you're a kid, you don't feel sick afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you do, but you don't notice and you don't care. (laughs) And I have that background. So it's easier to think that that's okay, you know, because I I did it for years growing up. And so you're just kind of like, well, I kind of miss it sometimes. Right. Because it takes you, you just associate rapid eating. I mean, it's just, it's, it's what you do. You're in a happy situation with people you care about. You feel safe. You're celebrating sort of it's a, you know, the good kind of celebrations, the yeah. celebrations that life needs more of the little it's ones. It's just like it's, Friday. It's let's Saturday. Celebrate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, <laughs> let's, let's enjoy life. And I love that. That's fantastic. But you've associated it with eating a lot and eating really fast and, and not being mindful really about the treat you're having, the treat you're actually having. Yeah. I'm just sort of, I've thought about this so much and, and this is the first time that I've actually made this association. Cool. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a very, very strong hypothesis to me. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's got legs. It has all the right components. Like it's emotional. It's, it's habit. It is situation centered. Um, yeah. All the behavioral things that it's exactly the type of stuff that sets up this kind of trigger. Cause the, you know, the question is like, why the heck are you doing this? Right. If you're not hungry, if you don't, if you actually enjoy, it sounds like you really enjoy eating real food. You enjoy junk food too, but like we all do a little bit, but like not, yeah. you, you don't enjoy it to the level that you're currently interacting with it. Like it's not, there's some, a disconnect there. Definitely. Yeah. And it's not like I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this is the greatest splurge ever. It's just like the act of just like more, more, more. And it's because you're eating like a 10 year old. Yeah, I am. And I still, you know, I still sometimes will think like, you know what, I've, I'm going to have a, a treat. And like, I, like a, a treat is always, it's always food and it's always like junk food or whatever. Right. Or like, yeah, I still sort of reward myself or, or like not even it's, it's really like, being a kid and having a movie night. It's like, I'm going to have a special night all to myself. Sometimes when my husband goes out of town, I totally do this. I'll be like, I'm going to have this really special night all to myself. And I'm going to, I go out and I buy junk food and I sit and I watch a movie. Like I'm, this is totally freaking me out right now. Cause I still do this. Like I will have my own little private movie nights because my sisters don't live here, and and eat like eat like a ten year old. Amazing. Seriously. Oh my gosh, Daria, what do I do about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, step one is is being mindful of it, being aware to, well, aware of it. Fascinating. Super fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. Okay. Wow. Usually it's not that easy. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I've been thinking about this for weeks. 
So um, now the question is... That's it. I associate it with being a really special thing. Yeah. I, this is special. Yeah. So now let's go into that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is special. It, it's clearly it's not serving you in no. the way it, it did when you were younger. Exactly. And I'm not getting the same level of joy even out of it because it really seems to be happening on autopilot more than like an active... I'm going to treat myself now. A hundred percent. Yeah, you just nailed it. Like you are being triggered and you're going into a pattern of action that you're not even conscious of, aware of, or happy about. Mm-hmm. And you regret it afterwards to the point where you volunteered to be on a live show and talk about this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's bothering you quite a bit. And, and now you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Now you know why you're doing it. Do you still feel as powerless and thinking about it right now? No, I don't. It feels almost, yeah, like like I can be a little bit softer on myself now, just by knowing at least what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, this is not, well, first of all, we know right now that it's not a fatal flaw or weakness. Right. <laughs> Thank goodness. Right? I mean, you're celebrating life. You're celebrating the beauty of indulging and have you know celebrating time with your friends or being alone at a movie night or whatever it may be that that's the reason for celebration you're you're doing that and that's great so we're not going to stop that part (laughs) we just actually want you to go back to enjoying it yes so if if you could like wave a magic wand like what would it look like if you really if you still had that feeling of being a kid and letting your hair down and sort of enjoying life and just was a and, and but was able to like not have any of the negative associated association with it that you have now um what do you think that might look like i instantly i mean the feeling that washed over me just by you saying you know what would that feel like without the negativity it's like oh my gosh it would just fe- it would feel very freeing and I think that then it would just help my whole life feel like just more relaxed. Um, and because then I wouldn't be sort of like looking at myself and judging, you know, like, why are you doing this? Da, da, da. So the, the feeling is that I could just be more relaxed and be more free in living. You know, I'm thinking because I was a kid once, too. <laughs> <laughs> And although if my husband like doesn't actually believe that's true Um, (laughs) and I'm not even sure my father believes that's true, (laughs) but but, um, I was a kid once and I also enjoyed candy. And I actually, I also used to really like have a gummy bear thing. Um, (laughs) I've read your book. Does not sound like you ate gummy bears. (laughs) Oh no, I did. There was during the low fat era, me and my best friend, we were ballerinas and we couldn't eat fat, but we would go, we would go like, we'd put on, um, sweatshirts with like (laughs) pockets like hoodies and like we would go to the grocery store and like steal gummy bears out of the gummy like we'd get like the gummy worms and like the gummy (laughs) rings and we'd like we couldn't really we didn't have any money so we'd like be like oh I'm just sampling and then like stuff a bunch in our pockets it was really bad (laughs) (laughs) it was so bad that's me the foodist um I was like 16. Well, uh, like selling feature on these packets of like candies that they have splashy signs all over the front. No fat. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this was like, you know, from the bins. Anyway, when you're a kid e- eating fast kind of is a reward because a lot of the times when you're forced to eat as a kid, it's like with adults 
and you have to sit at a table and like be polite and like eat your vegetables and and like when there's something good as a kid another issue especially if you have like two siblings there's also a like sort of a battle or a limited resource absolutely like there's only so many gummy bears so the more i eat the faster then i win (laughs) yeah then i'll get the most gummy bears oh yeah that was hugely prevalent in my house when i was growing up so i just feel like that belief is while quite true and served you quite well (laughs) as a youngster that's not how we enjoy and reward ourselves as adults so let me ask you something have you ever had a dessert like made probably at a fancy restaurant where it is a little bit more civilized or something (laughs) there's candlelight and delicious wine where you've like slowly enjoyed every bite of a dessert yes i can think of one specific example totally where i did that and i was i savored every bite tell me about it okay so um it was not too long ago. Uh, my husband and I were going out for a night with people that we didn't know. We we joined this new thing, and uh, I was nervous, and and I had looked at the menu in advance, and they had donuts, like homemade donuts, wow. on the menu. And this restaurant that we went to was like spectacular, <laughs> and I just knew. That those would be the greatest donuts, you know, uh, ever. And so I sort of said that was like the reward for going out into this sort of uncomfortable situation with people that I don't know. And, you know, it got it. <laughs> I am still a 10 year old. So I was like, at the end of the meal, I'm, I'm going to order the donuts. And the as soon as I order, like, you know, it's a good sign when you order and the waiter looks at you with like this glint in his eye. He's like, good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. And it comes out on this platter. And there were actually three donuts on the plate. And then there were these little pots like of like homemade caramel fleur de sel, like just beautiful. And I took one donut and I put it on the plate in front of me and I took like the little pot of caramel and I offered the other donuts away. Like I gave them away and cause I didn't need three. And, and I sat there and like bite by bite just savored every spectacular taste. And it was amazing. It was the best donut ever. <laughs> Excellent. And how did you feel after that? Felt great. And I felt great that I didn't eat three of them. Like I didn't need three of them, you know? And I tasted it. Yeah. And you didn't feel sick? No. And you felt in control, I hear. Yes. I felt in control. Yes. (laughs) What do you think was special about that situation that allowed you to do that? Great question. I think that it was because I had decided ahead of time. I wanted this treat and I was going to go for it. And it was special. That made it okay? Yeah. Do you think it had anything to do with the fact that you were a little nervous and so you weren't in that like, I'm celebrating life and I'm, I'm going to celebrate by jamming three donuts in my face? Yeah. Like almost the fact that we were with new people probably helped me sort of yeah to be a bit more on edge like a bit more reserved than I might be in a group of 
my friends. Cool. So how can we channel this into your weekend mm. dinner parties? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, we need to make new connections. Because hmm. you're, you're going to be in the same situation. You're going to be in the same trigger environment. But we want you to attach it to the correct reward. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, this sounds idealistic, I guess. But I'm thinking that the reward needs to get away from being the food and just be being with my friends. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, food can play a role. Mm-hmm. But you just told me how much more you enjoy it and how good you feel when you actually taste the food. Mm-hmm. Yes. And savor the food. Absolutely. You could almost... Stop me if I'm crazy. I might be crazy. <laughs> you can almost use it as a reason to eat slower. Right. And really, really enjoy it. Because it should be a compliment to the evening. Exactly. It should make it better, not worse. Right. And it's not the main focus. The main focus is being with people that I love. Exactly. <laughs> Food is so tricky because it, it is one of those things that is often, often associated with love situations. I, I hear this a lot. So many cultures, like, food is love. Like, they're almost inseparable. So, and, and you can't, you know, you can't go to the, go to the dinner and be abstinent. <laughs> From dinner. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I'll refrain. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you don't want that. No. But you want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy the meal. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can do that? Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm very excited to test this now and just shift my perspective on it. I feel like that might actually work. I mean, it sounds sort of um, mm. soft. Um, it's not, you know, mm. it's not like a plan plan. But I think part of the underlying problem here is your unconsciousness about what was really happening. Definitely. Definitely. And that gave you that feeling of being out of control because mm-hmm. you didn't know what was going on. And that's scary. And so then you have a fight and flight stress response. Yes. On top of all of it. Whereas now you've shed some light on what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's less scary. Yeah, and I can be more compassionate towards it rather than it being this like something's wrong with me feeling. Right. So if it doesn't go perfect every time, you're like, oh, well, that's just, you know, old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. But just being aware of it, you know, I, I find this all the time. Like I can feel like, for instance, ever since I started meditating, I've gotten really good. This is just a recent example. I, I've gotten good at noticing anxiety in my body, mm-hmm. which apparently I have a ton of. <laughs> I had no idea how strong that was over me. And I think had I been more aware of it at the time, I would have said that stopping it was impossible. Like, how do you right. stop having anxiety around like email? Like, I don't know, right. like 200 emails a day. Like, Stop getting email. Yeah, That's yeah. not an option. Yeah. I've tried that. It doesn't actually work. <laughs> but, um, but sometimes just being aware of what you're, what the fact that you are responding this way gives you the power to be like, oh, it's just that. And, mm-hmm. and like literally just unclench my jaw and relax my shoulders and take a deep breath and everything's fine. Like it was more that it's a trigger and that I wasn't aware. But yes. when, once I am aware, I, I can feel the trigger, I can feel my reaction, and then I can choose mm. a different response. Definitely. 
And over time, that will become your response. A habit, if you will. <laughs> There's a name for it. Yeah, like I already feel much lighter about it all. Oh, good. On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you can sort of <laughs> do something like this on this weekend? Do you have one this weekend? Um, I do. I do, actually. I feel like 100% confident that I'm going to give it a whirl. <laughs> and then I feel like the success rate is like a 50-50. Like it could kind of mm. go either way. But I also feel like I, I have more confidence that with practice, it would that ratio would change, you know, mm-hmm, that it would mm-hmm. get better. Cool. So you're viewing as it like, as it like a, um, you know, something that's going to take some time to, to sink in. Definitely. Definitely. And I have to, I have to make sure that I'm careful to, I have to make sure that I'm careful with my association of like what is special, you know? And so like with being with the friends, I'm going to have to really put some mental energy into sort of saying, this is it. Like you're doing it right now. This is what's special. Like enjoy this moment. Cool. Yeah. So it will take some effort and some, you know, repeated (laughs) trial and error, but I do feel like I can shift this. That's really cool. So like when you say that, do you mean like when you're sitting at the table and you take a bite, put the food in your mouth, enjoy it, and like turn to someone and like talk. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and just and and make an effort to really appreciate that that's what you're enjoying. Absolutely, cool. And I'm going to try not to get caught up in the chaos because see, this is our friends' lives. A lot of them have kids now too, so it was playing very nicely into my uh, hectic childhood eating habits because Mm. around me it's a bit hectic and there are children everywhere and you know stuff is a bit chaotic so I think it'll also be a matter of me saying I'm here to visit my friends and there's going to be some chaos going on around me but it doesn't mean that we have to be chaotic you know and I can still have great connection time with people and let's help them slow down rather than me trying to speed up to that pace. Oh, I love that. Well put. <laughs> I'm sure they really appreciate that. Mm. I mean, you actually mentioned people pleasing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I can imagine if you had young children and they were running your life for the most part, <laughs> and um, mm. there was a lot of chaos that like having a calm, lovely conversation with a close friend would be quite i mean it's just probably why they have the dinner parties exactly because they're trying to still keep some adult you know uh, conversation in their lives so. instead of it being a secret plot to get you to overeat yeah <laughs> yeah they're probably not trying to do this to me on purpose <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> um that's really funny um so how about the movie nights when your husband's gone Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that you brought this up because I was thinking about that myself as well. I'm like, what am I going to do then? How about it? Because it is something, it's like a treasured ritual, you know, hubby goes out of town for a night. It doesn't happen very often. So I guess one way of looking at it is how much, you know, havoc can it wreak if it's three times a year, but, um, absolutely. That can be your answer. Okay. I like that answer actually. Your answer. Yeah. I mean, 
you, you, when you come to me with a problem that's happening every single week, like, yeah, like let's find an intervention because it's not making you happy and it's happening a lot. Right. But, you know, if that's like, if that's your connection, like if that's what you do three times a year and like that makes you happy and you don't feel guilty about it or this allows you to not feel guilty about it. Right. I don't see anything wrong with that. Sweet. And also, (laughs) yeah, I know. And, but also you might find over time that like it becomes less appealing, especially if you, if you flex this muscle at the dinner parties. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. you might, you might find yourself being like, I'm going to go to that bakery in Montreal, this this amazing French bakery, and get one thing that I love and eat it slow. Like that might that might happen, or it might not. Yeah, or you might just keep pounding gummy bears. <laughs> gummy bear night. Yeah, but I agree because I think also, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But if it feels like before, I really felt like I'm doing this because I'm out of control, and I really felt like I obviously have zero willpower and you know this just takes a hold of me and I am helpless um whereas already I feel like okay no that's not the case I'm just simply reacting to a trigger that's been planted there for you know uh, tens of years and so I think that even just with reducing that that out of control feeling in my everyday life or you know, once a week life or whatever, um, it will be easier for me to just say, okay, I'm going to have a night where my husband's gone and I'm going to eat, you know, gummy bears and it's going to be glorious and leave it at that, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be bad. Yeah, exactly. It can be glorious. (laughs) Do gummy bears and glorious really go together? (laughs) You know, if they do for you, then they totally do. <laughs> that is what is beautiful about life. Uh, I think all sorts of things are glorious that most people think I'm crazy about. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you. My pleasure. And um, definitely keep me posted, all of us posted, on on how it goes. Absolutely. Hopefully I'll be a success story in a year or so. <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I think you're a success story now. Oh, thank you, Daria. <laughs> you seriously are. I mean, you're doing so much and your home court habits are a rock. Um, you just had a little hiccup and, you know, it never ends. Yeah. Definitely. You know, next thing you know, like you'll have kids and then psh, <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> All right, something th- things happen. Yeah, things exactly. Happen. But it, it it and it feels empowering to be able to figure it out, you know. And I think that 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 even lends itself to future future cases where something's going wrong, and I can look back and say, you know what, I was able to figure it out once. I can figure this out too, and it just feeds that feeling of empowerment rather than the feeling of being out of control. Absolutely. You have, you have a method, you have a system, hmm. you know, and even if you don't know the exact details of how it's going to work and how it's going to resolve itself, like, you know, it's solvable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's huge. Just knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations and good luck and all of that. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. 
And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.